All right. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? All right. We're going we're gonna to embarrass somebody here at the very beginning, but everybody give Buddy and Rachel a big shout out. A big congratulations. They got married yesterday. Awesome, 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 awesome. And they're here today. Man, imagine that. I think they leave tomorrow. <laughs> I think they get out of Dodge tomorrow for, for their honeymoon. But hallelujah, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? What a beautiful day outside. What a beautiful day inside. Amen. Let's just open our hearts and just come immediately, quickly into the presence of the Lord. We can get every, every second, every moment out of enjoying God's presence today. Amen. Pressing in, being strengthened, even a little conviction maybe, a little repentance, a little of all that good stuff as we begin to experience the love of God. Jesus, we just welcome you today, Lord. We welcome your work. Holy Spirit, we welcome your work. We welcome you to have your way. We need you in this house, Lord. We want you in this house, Jesus. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need your word to go forth with power and conviction, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you that we have this house, Lord, this community filled with your presence, Lord. And so, Jesus, have your way today, God. Have your way today, Lord, in the mighty mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, all right, let's worship the Lord.
precious sweetness of the Lord's presence in the house. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just press in. Just press in with your words. Press in with your worship. Press in with your thanksgiving. Just open up your mouth. Just lift up your voices before the Lord. Be bold. Be loud. <laughs> Worshiping his holy name. Blessing him. Giving him honor. Giving him glory. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Oh, we give you honor, Lord. Just come, oh, Lord. Fill this house, Jesus. Fill this house, Lord, as we worship you, as we praise and press in into your presence, pressing in into your goodness, Lord. Your goodness, Lord. Your goodness draws all men, all women, Lord. Your goodness, God. Your goodness draws us to yourself. Oh, just draw us, Lord. Just draw us today, oh God. Draw every man, every woman, Lord, in this house. Draw us to your closeness, Lord. Draw us into your presence, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, just draw us near, Lord. Draw us near, oh God. Just come, oh Lord. Just come and draw our hearts, oh Lord. Just come, Lord. Soften, Lord. Lord, soften the hard hearts, Lord. Just come and pour water, Lord. Just pour water, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Everybody in this house, just close your eyes for a moment and just focus. Focus your, your thoughts. Focus your heart on Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit is here in this place. And what the Holy Spirit does is he points us and he directs us to Jesus. He magnifies Jesus. He makes Jesus big in our hearts. He makes him accessible. He makes him accessible to us. He draws us and he, he shows us that we can access, we can touch, we can come into the presence of a mighty God. So just with, with your eyes closed and your hearts open today, hallelujah, every hard heart, every hard heart in the house today, I speak to the hard hearts today and I just pray I pray that the water of the Holy Spirit would just wash over that hardness today in the name of Jesus and that by the water of the Spirit of the Lord by the gentle loving kindness of the Spirit of the Lord that that water of the Holy Ghost would wash over and soften your heart today in the name of Jesus just soften your heart soften your heart that you can you can hear the word of the Lord. You can be receptive to the Lord's voice to your life today. Just just as best you can. Every every person just dealing with a hard heart. We've all we've been there. Many of us, if not all of us, have been there at moments, at times where our heart begins to just stiffen, our heart begins to become harder. But it's in the presence of the Lord. It's in the presence of the Lord where he comes and that fallow ground by the outpouring of the rain of the Holy Ghost, by the preaching of the word of God as acting as a, as a hoe in our life. <laughs> that water acting as that source of nourishment, as that source of softeningness in our heart. Just the best you can, just welcome. Just welcome the Lord. Say, Jesus, I welcome you. I welcome you, Jesus. 
I know I'm not feeling it today, Lord. I know my, my heart and seems like it's, it's become a little hard, but Jesus, I welcome you. I welcome you to come and do your work in my life. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. You can welcome the Holy Spirit the same way we welcome Jesus, the same way we welcome our Heavenly Father. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this house, Lord, to have your way. In the mighty name of Jesus, just come, O oh Lord. Just come, O oh Lord. We're just going to stay here for a moment. Just keep your hearts just put your hearts out on the altar. Maybe you even need to come. If you, if you need to be as so bold as to come down here to the front and just take a moment, take a moment of turning back, a moment of turning your heart back into the Lord, just, just come. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything. I just want you to be able to acknowledge what the Lord is doing on your heart. You can just come and spend a few moments with Jesus up here as an acknowledgement, as a turning back to Jesus. Saying to him, Lord, I need my heart to be softened once again. I need to be receptive to what you're doing in my life, Jesus. Just come, oh Lord. Oh, we need you, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you in this house. We need your work. We need you to come and glorify Jesus. We need miracles, Lord. We need miracles, Lord. We need healings, Lord, divine touch of heaven upon our bodies, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, the divine touch of heaven upon our bodies in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Let's sing Holy Spirit one more time while we're in this, this atmosphere. Holy Spirit. Everybody in this house, I want you singing with us. Just your eyes closed, your hearts open, your mouths singing. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are Every person, tell them he's welcome. He's welcome in your heart. He's welcome in your life. He's welcome in your home. He's welcome in your family.
Well, Lord Jesus, we just welcome you in this house. We welcome your presence. We welcome your goodness. We welcome you in each of our lives, Lord, to have your way today. Have your way, Lord, and be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Find somebody, love on somebody this morning. Love on somebody. Get out of your seats. Go from one side of the place to the next. Find somebody you can love on today.
check, 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 check. Man, y'all are lively, lively today. Woohoo! This is going to take a little while, I can see. Well, let's go ahead and find our seats. Y'all are on fire. Don't be pointing at them. It's all you. <laughs> You're like, oh, yay. Oh, pss, pss. <laughs> like, like it's somebody else's fault over there, you know? Oh, okay. You're too late. You're already like the last one. <laughs> but nice try, though. I appreciate the effort. Appreciate the effort. We'll just count. We'll count how many people you... you um, you greet on the way back. No, we really won't point you out. I haven't called your name, so that's better, right? Man, good to be in the house of the Lord. Don't you like each other? Isn't that awesome? Isn't it awesome to like like the people that you go to church with? Like you want to talk to one another and you want to like get here early then you want to like chat for like like, I think some of you would chat for the whole sermon if allowed. If we had, like, a chat room, like, during the sermon, y'all would, like, just, like, oh, we've got some real spiritual business to take care of, Pastor. And, and uh, you just want to talk to one another. But that's a beautiful thing. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? A couple announcements. Um, nothing huge, I, I don't think. I, I don't know if I've missed anything, but... Um, I've already embarrassed them once, but I'll embarrass them again. Buddy and Rachel, congratulations on the big, it's just what we do. We just acknowledge and publicly and awesome. Summer camp starts this week, so most of you who are interested in that already know. If you don't know, we've, we've only got a few, few spots left in that. Most of the weeks are just filled up and getting filled up. And so, and then the only real one other than until we get into June, as we have gone ahead and scheduled the next service in the park. So that's June 11th. So if you're liking the Saturday option, we had Saturday last night. We had a um, glory night last night and had a, had a small but good showing and good time last night. And then on June 11th, we're thinking 4 o'clock instead of 3 o'clock. But I already had a banner made that says 3 to 5. So what do you do with that, right? Do you, like, just spray paint it? you just paint over it? Put a little piece of tape or something? All right, I'll leave that to y'all. Y'all, y'all take care of that for me. We put pieces of tape over that, and we, we change the time, and we save those few bucks. But we think we're going to move it to, to 4 o'clock to get just a little bit further back into 
the evening away from the, the middle of the day sun. But that's a Saturday option. We'll be we're starting to do those monthly. The glory nights are monthly. And so we just have more and more of these Saturday options that are available. With that, I think that's all that I need to say today. But we have something very special for you today. I'm going to invite my wife to come up and she's going to facilitate this very special time. Oh, y'all are going to do awesome. Awesome. You're just going to do so awesome. All right. All yours, babe. All right. Well, it's the end of the year. As we know, there's many graduations happening. How many of you have gone to a graduation? Okay. Lots of recitals, lots of things going on as we commence. And uh, we actually are going to do that today. Sort of a, a mini commencement for our interns that are completing uh, their two years of internship, year two. And they'll be going on to um, other things, so they will not be continuing with internship. And we ask them to come and just share as a part of that commencement uh, what the Lord accomplished in their life. And we want to pray for them and bless them. They're not going anywhere. They're still going to actually look like they're interns, but they can say no if they want to. <laughs> That's the only difference. Can you do it? No. I'll be like, all right. So we're going to ask Emma and Olivia to come on up, um, and let's give them a hand clap just to make it easier for them to come on up. In, in the coming days, we will uh, give our other interns an opportunity to testify that are not. They are going on to uh, further internship phases. But today, we'll focus on these two ladies. All right, who gets to go first? All right, Olivia is going to go first because she's older. Um, and, and, and so mature and so wise, right? Just by a little bit. No, I'm kidding. All right, here's the microphone. You got this, girl. Hi. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been in the internship program with Reach Community for two years now. I started because I didn't, I had just finished high school and I didn't know what I was going to do after. I was kind of like, just floating around, and I was already at the church, so it was like, just intern. Um, <laughs> I, um, I look back on myself two years ago, and I can't help but think that I had no idea what I was getting myself into, in a good way. It, it was all, it's all been good. It's just a lot that I didn't realize was going to happen. <laughs> um, these two past two years have been filled with more stretching and breaking and rebuilding than I have endured in a long time, if even my entire life. Um, but that's the beauty of it. I went into this internship completely unprepared for the refining that I would be under and for the self-examinations and reflections that I would have to undergo. Uh, I've always been very timid and shy. I'm shaking up here if you can't see. Um, <laughs> I was, um, I was always very happy being at home and doing my own thing, and I feel it is safe to say that though I, I can still be quiet, um, I've grown a lot. Uh, Pastor Christina and Pastor Jamie have slowly but surely eased me out of my shell and taken the time to foster in me gifts and skills that I feel confident, that I can feel confident in, and things that I believe God wanted awakened and cultivated in me for his purpose. I have been able to do things that I never thought I could, like lead songs, play guitar on stage, write plays, and you know, even do something that isn't watching my siblings at home. 
<laughs> I've become much more self-aware than when I started, both about the good and bad things about me. I've learned that I can be diligent and I can be faithful. And I've also learned that I have a tendency to place my worth in what I can do and what other people think. So we're working on that. <laughs> um, I understood the idea of hard work, but it wasn't until internship that I really began to work hard. It was like learning how to ride a bike and then being told we were going on a three-mile bike through the mountains. <laughs> but I was very safe, and I had my pastors and my fellow interns there with me to support and guide me and keep me accountable. It's a beautiful community in which we all knew that what we were supposed to do and were there to give support when called on. I do believe that my capacity has enlarged over these past two years. My life has adjusted, and I've learned to plan my life around church. <laughs> I have found what I wanted to do with my life. The whole point that I even started the internship and have just finished my first semester of music college, as well as my first year of being a guitar teacher. I'm very thankful for the guidance I received from my pastors, helping me to understand what career and path I wanted to take. Pastor Christina and Pastor Jamie have been very patient and gentle with me while still stretching me past my comfort zone. I have been supported and seen. I have been checked up on and guided. This past year, I have been placed in more of a leadership role, mainly involving teaching at RLC. And I was extremely hesitant to do this, but I was assured by my leaders and their faith in me helped me to obey, and I'm glad I did. What I've, what I've learned from the internship is that it's okay to be stretched. I've realized that every time I was stretched to do something I didn't think I could do, I found that I actually could do it. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. That was a very honest, transparent um, sharing. I appreciate that. Emma, what do you have for us? <laughs> so, when I started my first year of internship, I was totally different from the way I am now. It was amazing how God placed me under the care of pastors Jamie and Christina to help me grow in ways I could not have imagined. My plan was always to go to nursing school and then eventually to become a nurse midwife. However, God used this internship to open a totally different side of the medical world to me. I used to think about my future and have so much anxiety and dread. Now I have become filled with excitement and anticipation. In addition, the people I've worked alongside of these past two years have become the most precious friendships that are so, so close to my heart. Internship provides the perfect atmosphere for godly support and fellowship. This is truly the greatest gift. Over these past two years of internship, my ability to handle responsibilities has grown tenfold. Um, I've grown into new leadership positions I would have never qualified myself for. My worship slash devotion life has increased significantly, and I am now comfortable to share Jesus with others, which I was not before. Above all these things, this internship taught me to view myself and my opinions as valuable. Through times of stretching... Um, oh, wait, sorry. I started out my first year of fighting inner battles of insecurity and self-disqualification. 
So through times of stretching and trials um, and being refined in the fire, I can now confidently say that I am qualified for the things that God has planned in my life. Um, my opinions do matter. I can make a difference. I can let people inside of my walls, and I'm not alone. <laughs> Second Timothy 2, 20, verse 21, 21 says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will become a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you in every good work. So I'm leaving this internship knowing that God has used these past years to give me the best starting point of my journey. Ooh, fun. Let's all go ahead and stand up. Why don't you ladies come on over here to the front, please? We're just going to stretch out our hands. We're going to pray for them. They both, they both have big years ahead. As Christina said, they're still here, and they're, they are taking on new roles here at the church next year, but they're also both pursuing with clarity what they want to do with their futures. And um, so, Christina, why don't you go ahead and just, you're good? I'll pray. Oh, you can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for not being aware. All right. <laughs> Just stretch out your hands towards them. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Actually, you know what? I want, I want, I want the parents. I want mom and dads. Come on up. Come on up, mom and dads. Come on up. Come on up. <laughs> Rachel's feeding the baby. Well, we'll let. I'm gonna let Kenny and Michelle, and then we'll start. She's up. She's up. She's coming. She's. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to let the parents open. I'm just going to then close with, why don't dads pray over, surprise, surprise, dads pray over their daughters, and I'll just, I'll just finish after the parents pray over them. Thank you, Lord. Lord I, ju- Lord, I just thank you for the work that you've begun in these girls, Lord. I just thank you for the preciousness and the purity of their hearts. God, thank you for them being an example to all the children at this church and everybody they meet, Lord, that you just continue to use them. Lord, as you continue to show them your way, Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've got going on with them and how you've grown them, how you used them to be fire starters in this community. And you've used them in so many ways beyond what they could believe and what they could think of, that you're expanding their tent pegs and that this is just a starting place for the great works that you have going on in their lives. Lord, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you for your goodness, Lord, and your loving kindness. Thank you. Many will always boast about their might. They boast about their riches. They boast about what they can do. But Lord, we boast about you and your loving kindness and your your uh, your faithfulness. You are our judge. You're 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 everything. You're our creator, our master. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in the life of my children, Lord God. Not just Olivia, Lord God, but for raising up a generation to um, hunger and thirst after you. And to have a heart, a hungry heart for you. And that's our responsibility, Lord God, for our children. Is that they move on and in every path and every levels in their lives, Lord God. And they, 
they know they need you more and more and more. The challenges never end, you know. And um, but you're always there with us to help us overcome our challenges. We we'll fall, yeah, but but you'll help us back up again to help us to keep move forward, never ever to look back. And I thank you, Lord, that that's what you're going to do for Olivia. Thank you, Lord, for um, for Christina, Lord God, that she's taught her well. Thank God I didn't have to do it. <clears throat> I didn't have the time. But I'm glad that that uh, she had somebody that she can teach guitar, and and it, that was that's wonder. That's great, Lord God. That's I can't tell you how grateful I am for this church, Lord, and and um, and I thank you for what they're doing, Lord God, to prepare all the young next generations, Lord God, as they step out of these four walls of this church, Lord God, they'll go out there and become a light, yes. a salt in the world, Lord God. Thank you for preparing this next generation, Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Lord, I just, I say amen to everything Christina's said, everything these young ladies have testified to today, everything Kenny and Pat have prayed over them, Lord, and over the other children and families of this congregation, Lord. Lord, I just say yes and amen, Lord, and we just celebrate these two women of God, Lord. We celebrate the progress in their life. We celebrate their giftings, Lord. We celebrate their heart for Christ, and Lord, that their life would continue to be a light set upon a hill, Lord, that every young person, Lord, that every adult even, Lord, and every child in this house can look to them as leaders, Lord, can look to them as a godly example of how to pursue the purpose and the calling of God upon one's life. And Jesus, we just give you all the glory today. We just celebrate them, Lord, and just send them out, Lord, to the next season of preparation and equipping for their life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please have your seats. Woo, man. That is awesome. Awesome. I want to take a minute just to, to share, just really, it's not a, that wasn't, this isn't a commercial per se, but I do feel like it's an appropriate time to, to share just a couple minutes before we receive the tithes and the offerings as to just understanding, um, equip, and the internship program that we're really just at our our beginning phases of establishing, and um, obviously we had we had a program and do have one established in China, and then moved back and just needed a minute to get sort of organized and get a church established, and now the focus with the church and building the house of God and caring for the house of the Lord is to is to make sure we're raising up people to fulfill their purpose, their callings with the giftings that God's poured out into their lives. And um and so when we talk about internship, internships really a part of what we just simply call equip or equip ministry training. And what equip is is just a path for being equipped and activated for ministry that flows from the local church. You know, we love the local church, and we believe that all ministry flows from the local church. No matter what aspect of the fivefold ministry, no matter whether it's full-time or whether it's part-time and a lay minister, 
We believe in the local church, and we believe that the local church has a responsibility to, to be imparting, raising up, and releasing people into their callings. And, um, and as, I, as we, we're figuring out, and we've mentioned this a few times in the past weeks, but we're figuring out the paths that are going to be really twofold, that really threefold. There's going to be the path of the young people that want to come in for a year or two and really benefit from some formal Bible training, some formal leadership development, and some formal life skills development. Man, calendaring, using a computer, organizing, we love all that stuff. And um, so there's going to be that path. There's also the obvious path of that person who is full-time called. Somebody says in their heart, the Lord has called me to full-time ministry. What do I do? Equip ministry training will provide and facilitate a path for that person. But then also for what I'm deliberating with what to call this. We've traditionally called it the lay minister, the person who was a a part-time minister still functioned in their career as a tent maker while pursuing and activating the call of God in their life. I'm not a big fan of lay minister, but we haven't found. I told my wife, we just need to call it tent maker minister. She's like, really? You're really going to do that? I say, yeah, you're right. It just doesn't sort of roll off the tongue, does it? But that's what it is, that path of the person who wants to be equipped for the calling upon their life, but still will likely, or at least for a time, continue in their career to provide for themselves and their family while meeting the call of God upon their life. So again, what Equip does is facilitates all these things through formal Bible training. We use multiple platforms. We're really excited about this new platform that we were trained in, but we didn't know that there was an actual full platform that we could access called Nuthetic Counseling. And I'm not going to spoil it because we got some stuff coming up with that, but there's a full platform by Jay Adams that that is a pastor who provides biblical pastoral counseling training, and um, as well as Bethesda, as well as Cruz Institute, as well as Gordon Conwell, as well as people such as Dr. Ginger Assail that we've used for the last few semesters. All these people and platforms we use to facilitate, as well as the classes that we teach the formal Bible training aspect of EQUIP. The leadership development comes by way of our intentional meetings on a weekly basis, which Christina facilitates many of those. Our life skills comes as we teach and guide and lead how to accomplish the task and the assignments that are given to the interns. Practical ministry training, how to actually care for people have a heart to care for people, but that's something that God does. We can't necessarily put a heart in you to care for people. That comes from the Holy Spirit. That comes from the Lord doing that work in your life. But we can guide you and train you as to how to care for people as Christ would. And we we fumble our way through leading people in that way. And then, of course, there's the, the ministry opportunities that come with it. And then very, very quickly, and then we'll go ahead and have the, the worship team prepare to come up, is the way that we're facilitating this, obviously anybody can come to the formal 
Bible train. Anybody can register to take the classes and not be an intern, of course, and we encourage that. It's really a first step to show that you have the heart to pursue some sort of training is to get into the classes, make sure you're participating in a connect group, showing your desire to become part of a core team is really sort of the prerequisite. From there, with internship, like I believe Emma, with Emma, you were a senior, weren't you, with your first year, and Olivia graduated her first year. Abby was a senior her first year of internship. And so we kind of call this kind of the pre-intern phase so that seniors for the younger crew, when they were a senior, already come in. We adapt it for their class loads and different things. But if you're already graduated, then there's more opportunity and time to participate more. For those of us who are in careers that have to provide for families, that need to provide for families and and be faithful. We are going to provide an adapted version of internship that will allow for these career family people to be able to pursue their call. And we're working on that. Christina and I are, are rubbing our heads together on a weekly basis, figuring out what that's gonna look like In all of these um, aspects of internship, we started each year in September. And so get ready. If this is something that you want to begin to pursue, August will have an official time of you raising your hand and and signing up for that. And by August, we'll have our act together for that third version of internship for those who have careers and families that they need to be caring for. So that is internship and equip in a nutshell. You'll be hearing a lot more of it in the weeks, months, and years ahead. But with that, if they already didn't do an awesome job, I believe we have and can I just go ahead and embarrass you just for a second? Yeah, I'm just I'm just I mean I'm going to, but so it would help if you give me permission. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have for the offering today an original from Emma today, a song that she wrote, and she's going to minister to us one of her songs today. God bless y'all. Go ahead and prepare your tithes as as they prepare this song. Let's go ahead and prepare our tithes, the Lord's tithe, our seed. Offering boxes are on my left and right. Also, there's one in the back, and also by way of giving through our devices is on the overhead above. Let's bring our tithes and seeds unto the Lord while the worship team ministers unto the Lord.
to the house of the Lord. Lord, professing our thankfulness, Lord, professing our dependence upon you for providing for our lives, Jesus. Lord, we take and we sow seed into the soil of this house, Lord. Lord, believing you that you will continue to increase, continue to provide all things that our families need, all things we need, Lord, to fulfill the purpose and the plan and the mission and the vision for each of our lives. And Lord Jesus, we give you all the glory today. We honor you today, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen. 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 Go and have your seats, please. Awesome job, worship team. Beautiful song. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't worry, I have an adapted version of the word today so that we're not here until 1 o'clock. For those whom are aware, I know not all of us are, but today we're going to speak on the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And we obviously started last week on the counsel of the Word and how the Word of God is sufficient as a source of counseling for all things pertaining to life, all things pertaining to to godliness and and how we're to be a people of the word and everybody said that was weak and we're to be a people of the word and everybody said some of you are thinking about it still mastering one book above all others you can read your books but let's not neglect the importance and the priority of the word of God for our lives and for our families amen Today, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and in virtue, by which we have been given, has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lord, we thank you for these two scriptures today, and we just ask that with this word and with the word of God that will be shared and read today, that you would speak to the hearts of your people, Lord, that you would guide us and convict us, and your word and your Holy Spirit would convict us and counsel us today, Lord. In Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Knowledge is power. Uh, how do you like that phrase? We've heard that before, right? Knowledge is power. Well, it's true. And especially when that knowledge that 
we are referring to in the context is that that is speaking of the Word of God. Here in Second Peter, a verse that, that I like to pray very often about how His divine power has given us all things for life and godliness. But here in this passage, it's we know the power of God and have heard of the power of the Holy Spirit, power to save, power to deliver, power to for us to live victoriously in our walk with Christ. But it says that we have this power by the knowledge of Christ Jesus. So power comes by the knowledge that we have of Christ. We as a people of God, we could, we could tell ourselves all day long, we could tell others all day long how powerful they are and how much power we have access to. But this power actually comes from the Word of God. There's not just, we're not talking about just any type of knowledge. We're not talking about just picking up any type of book. There's a lot of sources of a lot of different type of knowledge out there. But when the scriptures say this knowledge, and I I encourage you from time to time, if you can, it's so easy nowadays on, I personally use Olive Tree app a lot. And on that free version of Olive Tree app, you pull up the the New King James Version with Strong's Numbers, giving you some little tips and tricks here on how to easily find some wealth of information, some treasures of information from the Word of God. Olive Tree app with New King James with Strong's Numbers. You pull up the scripture and boom, you hit the little word right there and it, it shows you and it gives you some more depth of insight and information of what it means because the Bible says that Again, in verse 3, that this power pertaining to life and godliness comes through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And so this knowledge right here, go look it up. It's the simplest, most beautiful definition of this word knowledge. It's referring to precise and correct knowledge. Simply that, precise knowledge incorrect knowledge, meaning to say there's a lot of knowledge out there, but just like that sermon we ministered two weeks ago talking about reality, true reality versus perceived reality that is sort of taken from our circumstances and the difficulty of life, we're talking about the pure and precise knowledge of heaven, the Word of God, Jesus Christ himself being the word of God, and we know that he is perfect. So if Jesus is the word and Jesus is perfect, therefore the knowledge that the word speaks to us is precision, better than any super surgeon upon this planet. Precisely, precision cutting right where it needs to cut into your life at any given moment in life. 
You've heard me say many times you can, you can preach or teach as many leaders and Bible teachers have, have figured out over the years that, man, you can speak one scripture to a room full of people and you could have 10 people come up afterwards and tell you what that scripture spoke to them. And for each one, the precision of the cut was a little different because the word comes and precisely speaks to your life and to your situation. Knowledge is power. We have to get the knowledge of the word, knowledge of things that are ethical, knowledge of things that are divine. And when we talk about divine or divinity, we're talking about the Trinity. We're talking about the deity of the Trinity, how God is God and there is none like him in all of the universe. There's only one true God. And this knowledge, this precise knowledge is speaking of the divine Godhead. Knowledge or the promises of God come from the knowledge of his word. And his promises that we all love and adore, his promises become the focal point of our life and our prayer life. I want you to think about that for a moment. The promises are the word of God. They come and they speak to our hearts as the man and woman of God begin to consume the word of God. And our life and the things that we expect out of life as believers comes from the promises of God that he has spoken through his word. Knowledge is power. We get that knowledge in us, then we have the promises of God in us. And now we have a focal point. We have something to look towards. We have something to fix our prayers upon, praying the word of God, speaking the word of God, speaking the word of God over those whom are dear to us and people that we have responsibility over. Knowledge is power. Getting the promises of God sown deep into our hearts. When we as a people know not what God has spoken to us, how can then we as a people grab a hold of the promises of God? My little one, well, my second little one, Seth, he has a little thing that he loves going around saying, and, and he'll, he'll say it, and he'll be like, I told you. He's like, I, but I told you. And I'm just thinking of Seth sitting there saying, I told you, thinking about how that's God speaking over many of our lives. I've told you. It's like, it's like when he says it, he's like pleading with you in, in desperation, like, can't you just hear me? I told you. And that's kind of the, the promises and the knowledge of the word of God that he's speaking over our life. The Lord over us is saying, I told you. I've given it to you. And so we as a people have to grab a hold of this knowledge in this power of the promise. Because number two, we've become partakers of a new 
in divine nature. We're still there in 2 Peter chapter 1, 3, and 4. And after it talks about the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue and given us these exceedingly great and precious promises, promises that came from this knowledge, the knowing of this precise knowledge. He goes on to say from there that through these that you may partake. You may partake. Like when we go and we partake of a, of a delicious buffet or when we go to lunch today and and partake of our Memorial Day lunch. And I, and I should mention with Memorial Day to all the veterans in the room and those who are not here amongst us today, but let's acknowledge and, and just give a big hand clap and to all the veterans. We, we appreciate those who serve. We value, we, a shout out to even, we have a precious one that we just sent out just, just recently, a, Lily's out there in, in boot camp just, and I think she's doing better. <laughs> I think she's doing better on week whatever it is than she was on week one. But um, shout out to all the veterans in the house and all the veterans that may be listening and tuning in today. But we've become partakers, and just like when we partake of a beautiful meal or we partake of one another's love or we partake of one another's presence, the Bible says that because of his power, which came from his knowledge, that we then have these promises that we then have what we need to partake of a whole new divine way of living. It's a whole new way of living. If you haven't figured it out yet, you don't have to live like you used to live before Christ. It sometimes takes people a minute walking with Christ to figure it out that they have power and access to a divine way of life. A godliness. A holiness a purity. We can put away and we can have the power to leave parts of our life put away because it's been cut off by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the transformation of a stony heart to a fleshly heart, a heart that previously you didn't feel the things of God. You couldn't acknowledge the things of heaven. You might have had a, had a surface level knowledge of them, but you didn't have an experiential knowledge of them. But through his knowledge came his promises. And with those promises now, we can be partakers, partakers of a divine way of life. Speaking of the Godhead once again and sharing of God's nature, a completely new way of doing these, doing things. Number three, and when we kind of make a bit of a transition here, getting into the main meat of just three points of what I want to talk to us about today, and we probably will carry on next week, is how the Holy Spirit comes and to into the scene in this new way, this divine way of life. 
and how his presence and acknowledging his, his work in our life is so important to how we now live in this new and living way. The Holy Spirit, as our divine counselor, he comes and he imparts the wisdom of heaven into our lives. And the wisdom of heaven is, listen closely, it's knowing what to do with the divine power and knowledge and promises that God has given us. As one minister likes to very, can't take ownership of it myself, but he says that, that wisdom is the application of knowledge. Wisdom, having a Holy Spirit imparted wisdom in our life that we therefore can know how to act and apply the principles, the truths, believing for the promises of the Word of God. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit in a man and woman of God's life. It's not, our, it's not our work. We have a part in it. You can't be Mr. and Mrs. Lazy. Hello. We've already said that you can't just ignore the word and you can't just not download it into our hearts because knowledge is power. We've got a part to play, but it's the spirit of God's work that comes and imparts wisdom into our lives. The counsel of the Holy Spirit is the impartation of the wisdom of heaven in our lives. You know, Proverbs has two just simple, awesome scriptures referring to wisdom and the fool, because the fool is obviously one who has not figured out yet how to apply either knowledge or attain wisdom. And in Proverbs 24, verse 7, it says this, Wisdom is too lofty for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. And in Proverbs 29, 11, it says, Even a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keeps it till afterwards. You see, a fool, putting it simply from the definition of Proverbs is a fool is someone who hasn't figured out how to apply wisdom to the information that they have. A fool can know a lot of things. A person can know a lot of things, but that doesn't, knowing a lot of things is not what is going to designate one as being wise. It's how to take that, that information and how to begin to to apply it to, to life, how to begin to, to, once we learn and figure out how to apply it to our own life, then we can then begin to impart this heavenly counsel of the Holy Spirit into the lives of other people. So therefore, wisdom comes through the knowledge of the Word. Wisdom comes through the encountering, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit and through the experience gained by time through walking out and journeying a godly life. A godly life. You go out there and live for the devil and live like hell, and you're not going to be gaining a lot of wisdom along the way. 
It's having a heart. It's having a life that's devoted and committed to walking with Christ. Fall all you need to fall along the way. You're going to trip and stumble. You're going to trip and fall. There even be times that we just prayed where things are going to happen. And you're going to have to work through some heart conditions. And you're going to work through them. You can, let me put it this way, you can work through them if you want to work through them. I've had it on my heart since last night. I almost said it right after worship, and I, I suppose I need to say it now since it's right there. Understanding the difference between a, between a, a hard heart and a seared heart. Because the Bible talks about that one whose heart has been seared cannot be, um, cannot be conformed again unto repentance. But many of us, as we walk through life, our hearts are becoming like they, they get a little hardened. And there's a difference. There's a difference between somebody who's, whose heart is no longer as soft as it once was. And I'm not implying that that's good. But there's different than one whose heart is completely Seared, And the main difference is this. This is the simple main difference. Is that the one who's walking through keeping their heart soft, even if they're a little offended, they're a little angry, they're a little mad, they're a little confused, they, they're a little unrepentant. All these things can cause a heart to, to become hardened. And that's what the Bible talks about fallow ground. Turn up again, break up again the fallow ground. You got to put the you got to put the hoe to it. You need the water, the divine rain from heaven. But with a, a heart that's grown a little hard versus a heart that is seared, is that the heart, the seared heart, just absolutely doesn't care and doesn't mind the things of God. And and I would even go as far as to say, never even thinks about it. The person who has their heart that has been, they're hurt, they're offended, it's, their heart isn't as soft as it's once been, that the things of God and these things still matter to them. You might not be doing what you need to do, but they still matter. They still, there's still a concern in your mind. There's still something you think about, even to the point where some people say, oh, have I blasphemed God? Have I, am I, am I beyond the past, beyond the point past repentance and i would say simply by you being concerned about it the answer is no it's simple the one whose heart is seared and sometimes we just gotta we gotta just we gotta relax a little bit and just bring our prayer concerns to the lord and and allow people the time and space to figure out their some of that hardness that is that has begun to set in pray for people encourage people the fact that they're in church, the fact that they're still a loving, a loving spouse, a, a loving mom or dad. The fact that they still, they still talk about the things of God, maybe just from time to time. All these indicators that there's, there's still hope. I don't know who that's for today. We've got a hard heart you know, message at the beginning and that one there. There's, there's hope for the hard Hearted. I want to communicate that today. It's a real thing. A hardened heart is a real thing, but there's absolute hope and light for the one walking through that sort of heart condition. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's wisdom is not the same as man's wisdom. It's a different, comes from a different source, operates on a, on a different operating system, if you would. 
It teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual with spiritual. So we're not talking about about man's wisdom because the wisdom that comes from above is completely opposite to the wisdom which the world and many of us, if not all of us in our previous life, operated under. One example of that is Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. One scriptural example is the whole idea about vengeance. The whole idea about vengeance. And in 1219 of Romans, it says, don't take revenge. Well, that right there is opposite. Somebody say amen. Amen. Don't take revenge. The world system would be figure out how you can use somebody's head as a stepping stool to get where you need to go. Right? Somebody does you wrong, do them one up. The word of God says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay says the Lord. On the contrary, here's another opposite one. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, let him starve. Did did it say that? No. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. (laughs) I just gave y'all a great strategy. You really, you really want to get back at, you know, your enemy? Well, you just got to make them the biggest, nicest meal and, and give them drink. Because in doing so, man, you're just heaping burning coals right on their head. <laughs> make sure your heart's right. Oh, I'm going to burn your head off. What, how big you want? You want an eight-ounce filet? Or what kind of steak do you want? I'm going to make you the nicest, yummiest spread It's opposite. It's not about how we can get back at people. The Holy Spirit's wisdom, the wisdom that comes from above, is about doing things differently. It's about following and walking in a new way of life, a divine way of living. You can live and be at peace in the same world that you've walked and lived in for years and have not been at peace. You can live and see the promises of God begin to take place in your life after decades of confusion and aimlessness and not seeing anything hopeful happen in your life. The wisdom that comes from above, sitting and waiting upon the Holy Spirit, sitting and basking in the wisdom of the Word of God in John 14, 26 It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, in other translations, it would say the counselor. And you can actually put a whole bunch of things there. If you read through the the Amplified, it would go ahead and list everything that the Holy Spirit is, your helper, your comforter, your your ever-present help in time of need. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, listen to this, he will teach you all things. 
and bring to your remembrance all I have said to you. Now, I want us to just dig here just for the next few moments. Think about this. The divine Godhead, the third member of the divine Godhead, takes upon himself the posture in the role of a teacher in our lives. Now, I want us to think about teachers. Teachers are vital, and everybody say amen. amen. Teachers are very, a very proud position to hold, proud in, a, in, a, in the best way possible, right? Amen? But nonetheless, being a teacher, this is where I should get a lot of amens, being a teacher requires a whole lot of patience. Come on. Come on. Give it to me. That's all I get, just a little amen, amen, amen. Be, being a teacher is, is a bit of a humble role, right? Even in our society, we haven't figured out the, we haven't figured out the, the real value of all the teachers in our society, Right? Amen. Come on. Give it to me. Give it to me better than that. All right. Let's just face it. Teachers, teachers, when somebody decides to be a teacher with the rest of their life, they're saying, I'm good with being patient, teaching people, and not getting paid a whole lot of money for the rest of my life. In most cases, right? Fair statement? In most cases. But if you're called to do it, and God's given you the gift and to do it, and you, as Becky Lynn just said, you love it. You love it, and you got to do it. You know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what, what the paycheck is. It doesn't matter what you have to put up with. It doesn't matter the, the kids or the adults, for that matter, that are rowdy and not listening or not learning the way that they should be. You give yourself to it. I want you to put all that information, put it into the idea of how the Holy Spirit, the counsel of the Holy Spirit, he has taken upon this role in each of our lives. You know how difficult you are. Don't give yourself away back there. <laughs> Right? You each know how difficult. Now, now we've got, we've got let's, to simplify things, we got two type of people in the house today. We got those who are good learners, and we got those who are really poor students. Who, who are good learners in the house right here? Let's see. Okay, so there's about, there's about five of you. Who are, who are really poor students? Raise your hand. Yep, it's, it's, the, mo it's the majority. It's the majority, and the Holy Spirit says, I willingly take upon the role to be your teacher. You're a horrible student. You got to be told something like a three-year-old, I told you, I told you. Patient. Oh, my goodness, the Holy Spirit and his counsel to your life is so Patient. Thank the Lord. He is so patient with us. Because 
Sometimes we just aren't getting it. <laughs> again and again and again and again. The Holy Spirit attempting to impart his counsel into our life. Being our teacher. Being our counselor. Discharging in our lives, the office and the function of a teacher to you. You see, who is it when we begin to read the word? Because we're all going to start reading our word every day, right? Everybody said amen. amen. Every day. Amen. Because knowledge is power. And if you want power in your life, you got to get the word of God in your heart. So we're going to start getting the knowledge of the power and the promises in our heart. But who is it that comes and takes that knowledge and those promises and in a moment of time, boom, brings life to it? Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, something that, a lifestyle that you're living, something that's causing havoc in your life, the whole, you read, something comes, some promises come, and the Holy Spirit says, boom, I'm talking to you. And next thing you know, something that you've been doing for years in a moment of time because the teacher came and taught you a new truth, you're able to respond and bring change into your life because he's the teacher in your life. Let me read that scripture where we started again, and maybe you'll hear it. A little bit different this time. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. I, I might be functioning as a, in the role of a teacher right now in your presence, but make no mistake about it. Anything that is hitting your heart today and making sense and bringing revelation or bringing conviction, it's not me who's doing it. Has nothing to do with me. I'm just a donkey up here. Yeehaw. Who said that? Somebody wanted me to do that, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeehaw. You wanted me to, yeehaw. Am I doing okay? Just a donkey. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes and allows these truths to burst forth in your hearts. Some of us try to do it in the life of somebody close to us. You can't do it. You can love. You can be patient. You can pray. You can even share appropriately at appropriate times. Inappropriate amounts. Is that enough appropriate going on? <laughs> what I'm really trying to say is you can't force feed anybody either. You might choke them. That's what I'm trying to say. But we can wait and allow space for the Holy Spirit to come and be our teacher. It's up to us how good of student you're going to be. How good of student are you going to be with your teacher, the Holy Ghost? Yeah, that'll get all of us. The Holy Spirit takes the time to teach us when we take the time 
to be with him. Make no mistake, don't devalue any amount of time that you spend with God, the Holy Spirit. Whether it's in the house of the Lord, whether it's in your daily Bible reading, whether it's walking through the neighborhood on a neighborhood walk or fishing on your boat, every, every moment, every moment that you spend with the Holy Spirit is valuable time when he can come and impart wisdom, take the knowledge that is in there, even the experience that is in there, and breathe life from heaven so that all of a sudden, boom, 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 things start to make sense. You can act different. You can change. You can strategize differently with our lives. The divine nature of the Holy Spirit's counsel in our life It's different from the head knowledge that we receive when we read a book or even the Bible because what the Holy Spirit comes and does is He imparts. He installs doctrine, imparts instruction, and explains and or expounds on a thing to our hearts. You see, the counsel of the Word of God and the counsel of the Holy Spirit are working hand in hand every day in our life. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, all we need to do apart from, apart from making the time to download it, making the time to spend with Him, from there we just keep our receivers open before the Lord. We keep our receivers open. We're constantly thinking. This is where the meditate on things which are lovely, things which are good, things which are holy. You're walking around from day to day, and the things of God are constantly just there upon your mind, upon your heart. It's better than going throughout the whole day thinking about the other things that we oftentimes think about. It's so much better than the alternative. And you can get some of the most impactful, beautiful revelations. I was going to say divine revelations in your life at some of the most unusual times. Just by meditating and spending time with him as we journey throughout life. I want to encourage us today. I want to encourage us to get counsel from the Holy Ghost because he has committed himself and he has made himself your divine teacher. You have access to the greatest teacher that one could ever have, the Holy Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Hallelujah. 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 You know, as the worship team goes and comes, I do want to just make mention of this last closing thought. You know, sometimes sometimes we give ourselves to unilateral decision-making. Meaning to say that we make decisions, we take action before consulting counsel 
whether that be of the word, whether that be of the Holy Spirit, whether that be of those trusted godly counsel in our lives. And Proverbs simply puts it like this as we close with just these three powerful Proverbs scriptures. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Everybody say safety. safety. Without counsel, plans go array. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Everybody say established. And then in Proverbs 24, 6 says, by wise counsel, you will wage your own war in a multitude of counselors. There is safety. Close your eyes and open your hearts with me today. Lord Jesus, I just thank you today, Lord. Whew. Lord, I just thank you. I just sense your... Lord, I just sense your, your just openness, the, the openness of the hearts of the people in this, this house today. Lord, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, Lord. You are imparting. Hallelujah. You're instilling. You're being patient. You're communicating. Lord, I just give you all the glory today. Lord, I thank you for the word that's gone forth, and I pray that, Lord, that in the life of each one of these people, there'd be a hunger for the knowledge of the word of God. There'd be a, there'd be a, a waiting in the presence of the Lord to experience your power and your presence, Lord, and that the wisdom of heaven would be imparted to each one of our lives. God, we give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. We're going to worship. As always, if you would like some ministry or some prayer, you're welcome to come to the altar. And you're also welcome to be dismissed. God bless you.
て」